I don't really know what to say. Um... father was um, we're no strangers to love you know the rules and so do I full commitments thinking he wouldn't get this any other guy I just want to tell you how I'm feeling Try to make you understand Never gonna give you up Never gonna let you down Never gonna run around And desert you Never gonna make you cry. Never gonna see. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Biscuits with the Boss. This is our third episode where your unofficial guide to all things Ted Lasso. Um, I am one of your hosts, Jesse Jackson. Joining me, as always, is David Miller. Hello. And Tom Zoller. Hello. So my boss does not watch TV. And um, and there was, we were discussing agents. I run a call center in my day job. And we were talking about really good agents and really bad agents. And uh, one of my, one of the guys I work with is a big Ted Lasso fan. And so I looked over at John R and said, yeah, and what we're going to tell them is you're, you're not a Rembrandt. What you do is you paint photo, you paint paintings that hung in holiday ends that cover blood stains. And John D, my direct boss, started laughing. And he goes, Yes, this is the one TV show I watch. <laughs> so, so he is planning to grow a beard and cut it down to have a Ted Lasso uh, mustache for Halloween. Okay. And I am planning to get brown goggles and be Higgins, like Higgins, <laughs> Leslie. But, nice. Yeah. So, and one of the other guys like could grow and could be Coach Beard. So we're already planning a Ted Lasso Halloween. So, I love it. Yeah, yes. Um, all right. Uh, very quickly, uh, let's go around. Uh, remind everyone, Tom, who you are, a little bit about yourself. Oh, I'm uh, Tom Zoller, creator of Love and Capes, Time and Vine, uh, and Warning Label, and I'm launching a Kickstarter this week, so that's a thing. Yes, it is. And David? I am a part-time podcaster and hanging out, just watching too much Ted Lasso all the time, too much time on Twitter, reading all of the 
reading all of the interaction between the fans. It was really cool to see them do well at the Emmys, wasn't it? Absolutely. The, mm-hmm. um, the, the main characters of the main cast taking home the awards, getting the awards for editing, um, for just to be recognized was, was great. But to see the, the reaction from Goldstein and Waddingham and Sudeikis, it was, it was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Tom. Yeah. I, uh, like, I feel like I don't watch a lot of TV that's up for Emmy awards, although I watch hacks, which also yeah. won. Yes. Um, I was really happy about yeah. that too. Cause I thought that was a, re- a very creative series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like the two series that I actually bothered to tap back into and watch one. So mm-hmm. it was nice to know that they're like, that the thing that drew me in is also being recognized by everybody else. Cause it's just, Ted Lasso is just such an amazing show. Like, I don't know how they're pulling this off. Yeah. And I, I really loved uh, Hannah Waddington, the extreme love that she had for her fellow co-star, right? Like, like you just, you, you know, you, it does not feel like there was any jealousy among the cast. Like they were like, okay, none, we, we all can't win. So if any of us win, it's a win for all of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Good. Uh, Dave, quick thoughts about we're going to cover four episodes today. Headspace, Man City, Beard After Hours, No Wedding and a Funeral. Quick thoughts on those four? It's a strong four. I know there's going to be a lot of contention about uh, Beard After Hours, the standalone episode. Um, some love it, some hate it. I'll reserve judgment and, and give my own thoughts in a little bit. But okay. I think these four as a whole really strong episodes really propelled the story forward and yeah really excited to see where it goes in these last couple yeah tom yeah i thought the i thought it's been like an amazing run none of them have felt the same because they haven't all been about the football club they've gone from being about a devastating loss to a twin peaks episode to you know just emotionally rending rick astley loving uh funeral scenes that it's everything has felt very different like i haven't felt these four episodes don't make me feel stable everything is it's a different type of episode they all go really well together but when i turn on the show i have no idea what i'm going to see next which is a which is a treat i mean there (laughs) is uh there is a lot to be um there is certainly comfort food and um watching a hallmark um a hallmark channel movie because you know you know the plot what's going to happen you know and and so there is that comfort food that you don't have to spend a lot of time watching but it is nice to be surprised and to be going i i agree i thought these were really well done um i thought and we're we'll get into more but like i thought it was really creative to watch them just blow it at the semifinals i mean mm-hmm. not just barely like they they just were outclassed they just it wasn't their day and and no matter how good of a football team you are or any sports there are days when you're off and to use that with sam and rebecca i did not see coming and i like oh that's very clever um any thoughts before we move on i uh i want to we're going to start with Ted and Dr. Shannon, but anything else that we're sharing about that? Anything for that? Okay. 
All right, Tom Sardis, Ted, Dr. Sharon, their wreck, which was so surprising because I had yeah. I, I had seen this, and so Chris was piddling around, right? Like, and, and I'm like, no, 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 Chris, I paused it. You need to be here watching. Okay, mm-hmm. that's odd. You know, all of a sudden he went, oh, yes. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, so I, I just think they, once again, and I can't wait to hear what you two think. This was a great payoff. Um, we got to see where, you know, Ted admits he needs help and he can't, he can't share. He, he is horribly rude to Doc explaining. And then she, when the next time he comes back, puts him in his place, I think really careful. And then their, their sessions and everything, then the big reveal about why, Ted may be so optimistic is and why he's so caring is because of his father's suicide so wherever you want to go on that Tom go for it well um I like just the the world building they're doing on the therapist whose name keeps escaping me um because I like when Ted starts taking care of her and goes to her apartment and you see all the bottles and yes. like just just that makes her a much richer character than what we thought because she comes in and she's very much problem solving and taking care of everything in a way that Ted can't and they're doing a wonderful job in parsing out exactly how much of her we get to see and it's making her be a much more interesting character cuz already she is she's in a different TV show almost just in the way that she talks like she her emotional volume as it were is like a constant four and everybody else goes up and down except for Roy who's like a really angry seven all the time mm-hmm. um but here like we having her get in the uh in the accident on the bike it just it makes it so much more interesting to come into that story and get thrown off as to how you know it's it's not just Ted and her having interactions that build the character they're knocking you on your heels immediately and it makes it a very interesting place to start telling the story from yeah dave for me i I don't want to skip ahead too far that's all right well but but for for dr sharon when when in this most recent episode Mm -hmm. and he asked he asked her if if she wants some tea and she says no i think it tastes like a wet paper bag and he was like i'll tell you anything i yes. just i <laughs> cracked up so much yes. because that was the perfect i mean if they had had that interaction from the very beginning i think he would have opened up immediately yes and so exactly that, that was a good payoff um and to find find a british person that doesn't enjoy tea i thought that was I thought that was very, very nice. But going back to, you know, her accident and the way that that's the way that that's portrayed, like that's the cold open. And then you flash into the, into the intro, which is really upbeat, man. It was a, it was kind of like, Oh my God, what is happening here? And the way that it was shot, you were really worried that it was something very much more serious than it obviously turned out to be. It was, it allowed it to propel the story forward and, and bring those two together outside of the office and, and, have them have that communication, but really, you know, for that moment, before you see what's happening, you're really worried for, for Dr. Sharon and what's going to happen to her. I was very worried. And I was like, wow, will this show go in a different way? And also thought it's interesting, Tom, the idea that 
the different bottles and her feeling like guilty about it like not necessarily mm-hmm. that she has a drinking problem just she doesn't let anyone into her home and and you know and, and she she has her own therapist and she's talking about how frustrated she is and it and i love that the she's worried about biking being her happy place and will be she be afraid now um and then there was a great scene of him walking her home and him playing all the like oh i'm gonna keep all these voicemails you've left because they're just <laughs> you know and she just is looking 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 um i you could see she doesn't like to be getting taken care of and you know he doesn't like being taken care of and so it was a really nice interaction and when he has the panic attack in this last episode uh, which is so funny because he's all happy and he's getting dressed for the wedding and he's playing all kinds of fun music and all of a sudden it hits and she's like I'm here for you Ted what can I do I mean she's go and then to have the thing are you charging me for the session absolutely I am you know because of the joke they had had about her getting paid for it um mm-hmm. I, I think that was a nice callback too that he's okay with that now and she knows what he that you know it isn't that he didn't want her to charge it just was really funny something for him to bring i thought it was a nice closing dave when when they're sitting there and and she's she's in his in his apartment after he's had this attack and like you said you know he asked her you're gonna charge me and he's like you know i appreciate your integrity that was a nice like you say it was a nice closing moment to that and and honestly you know not to downplay this storyline because i think it's incredibly important and you're seeing a lot of positive feedback for people who who have mental health issues and you're seeing a lot of that play out online and that's become a, a big part of the discourse and i'm glad that it's really shining a light on that so I don't want to downplay this at all, but I do want to say that I hope that it's going to allow us to get to the point where we're able to move forward and that maybe Ted has a little bit of closure and, and is starting to, to go beyond this. That's what I'm hoping to see in the next couple of episodes that we see that, that kind of season one Ted where he's in a, in a better place. And, and I, I'm hoping that that's what this has allowed. Tom? Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. It'll be interesting to see where they go with Ted and it's the show continues to make me not know what's coming and feel off balance about everything that's happening. Um, because jumping all over the place, the Rebecca and Sam thing, and even the moment where they watch Sassy go off with Ted at the funeral and, and her mom says, she really likes wounded birds, doesn't she? It doesn't make me feel like Ted's going to stay with Sassy. And I don't know that she should, but like in any other show, I feel like I would know what they were aiming for. And this is, I don't know what they're going for, but they execute everything so consistently well that I, like, I'm not worried about it. It's just, it makes me feel uncomfortable not knowing what's going to happen or not know, not knowing what outcome I'm supposed to be hoping for. But also all their outcomes have been good. So I think actually the same thing happened with the the Manchester game where I never would have thought that's what was going to happen. I thought they were going to battle back. And honestly, I'm still not clear that they can't because I don't understand soccer. Um, 
because they explained it like it was a round robin tournament and I couldn't I couldn't tell if they're still in competition or if they got totally knocked out or not in the these playoffs. But there's no point where they're taking the easy path. Um, and I will say though, the one thing, the one question I have about Ted's jokes about are you charging me for this is like I think they're funny and they work, but Dr. Rebecca or I don't Sharon, Sharon. Yeah, Sharon. is working for the team. Like yeah. I right. I don't ask yeah. the person at the cafeteria if they're charging me for the food because it's being paid for by my company. Yeah. Yep. So I'm told because I don't work for a company and I don't know how that stuff works anymore. But like I I think she's get I think she's on retainer. I thought that too. I was like, yeah. "What is happening? Why? Why is that? It, I mean, is this some, some side session that? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's whatever. It was just yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Especially in a show that makes fun of you know um, the NHS and having you know you guys don't charge yeah. me for this at all. Like, yeah. Well, why is she charging you? You you're paying yeah. her. Yeah. That uh, yeah, that is a good. I had not thought of that. Um, I did love the one. I was love to see Sassy back. And yes, the thought about her liking wounded birds does give you pause that maybe they're not in game as, you know, shipping, say. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm okay with that. I really like that. Um, And I don't know if if I have I know there's people talking about some fans like Rebecca and Ted should be together. And I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I don't, I trust these writers that wherever they take us, I'm good. Um, but I do, I kind of am pulling for Sassy and Ted, but I'm okay if it doesn't happen. Um, that they seem to be good for each other. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. Um, the other thing that I really thought was interesting, and I'd love y'all's thoughts on it, is Rebecca's confession about finding her father cheating on her mother intertwined with ted talking about finding his father deliberately done by them i you know they this was but i didn't feel like they were hitting me with a hammer with it just very well done writing and editing miller man for me i that's that's the one part of the of the episode that i kind of struggled with because of that cut the way that it was done in and obviously I'm the implication is is that it that it all happened the same day, four thousand miles apart. They are they are both experiencing the most traumatic thing in their life, and and that's just a little too saccharine for me. Where it just from a story standpoint, where it just it it's like, all right, it's okay. Did it have to be on the same day? Did it have to be where? That's the part that I struggled with. And now I get I've... it, but you know. I missed that it was supposed to be the same day. I knew it was the same experience, but I missed that it was supposed to be the same day. So maybe I, I mean, that's at least why. I felt like, I felt like that was the implication because it starts, they, they both, you know, it was a Friday, September 13th, 1991. Okay. And then okay. it cuts and then they, and then they keep talking and it's okay. like, they're, they're talking about the same thing. Okay. Maybe it wasn't, but that's the way that it was cut. And I did look it up. And of course, you know, the writers were correct. The Friday 13th in September, 1991 was, was correct. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, so if, if that was the, if that was the way that it was intended, that part is what just felt just a little too much over the top for me. And that's where I, I kind of lost it. But I, but from, from the acting, of course, you know, next, next year's Emmy submissions, this episode can be used for, for both, 
Jason and Hannah for sure. Yeah, absolutely. They're amazing. Tom? I would think that it would be used for an Emmy uh, submission, except I don't know what the next episodes have ahead of us. So <laughs> yeah, good true. point. I'm not yeah. going to put that past them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that scene was amazing, from, I mean, obviously from an acting point of view, but definitely from a writing point of view. There's no point where, like I, I knew we were going to find out, once we found out that Ted's father killed himself, I knew we were going to find out more about it. To overlay it with the death of Rebecca's dad was amazing. The back and forth was artful. I get what you're saying about them being on the same day, maybe being a little too much. I don't, I think there's leeway. I think they both happened on a Friday the 13th, but I don't completely know that they were both in September, 1991. Cause you have years that have multiple Friday the 13th. Not that that's a big thing because I thought that whole scene kept me off balance and it wasn't, it kept it from being like a big Straczynski-esque monologue where he, Ted has to say what happened with his father. And it, it lets you, it lets you skip over the boring parts, not, not boring, but you could, you're hitting the highlights in both stories and jumping back and forth. And you don't know when you're going to jump and you don't know what's going to be the transition, but you see how defining these two moments were with both these characters. And I thought that was, I thought that was super interesting. And I was so very, very glad that Ted was at the funeral and not in a bad way. Like he didn't show up at the very end. He, because Ted and Rebecca have such a strong relationship at this point, and they both watch out for each other's mental health that if they would not have had Ted at the funeral in like a normal way for, you know, I don't didn't want him to show up at the house at the last minute or something like that. Right. He had to be at the funeral as a guest, like everybody else. And he shows up a little late, but he's still there when he needs to be. And that also felt very satisfying because there's no, there's no world in which Rebecca's father dies that Ted's not at that funeral. Yeah. And I think let's skip ahead to that. I know I, you know, I kind of gave us talking points beforehand and we'll kind of move out of order. Um, I thought the funeral was handled really well, including you know, the team all going and the, making the jokes. I, I maybe, maybe Rojas in the wearing dress shoes was a little too much. I saw someone say that, that it was maybe a couple too, like you should have made that and moved on. But I love the idea. And, and the Isaac is the team captain who did not have as a big role last year. And when Roy picked him, keep, breaking televisions you know um has now blossomed as a true leader of Mm -hmm. on this team and on the tv show showing him and him going we're all going to wear suits we're all going to be there we're all going to be there was really nice um uh, i I just want to say i I don't have any hair but if i did like you two i would definitely want a haircut from captain mcadoo yes (laughs) yes that that was such a great scene and how the, mm-hmm. the guy kept talking about him right like shh, like you're breaking the mood and and then um i did love the line where uh and this may one of you may have it for your favorite lines right when well the only good thing about this match is how good sam's hair looks <laughs> you know? yeah yeah that was great um i really first off it it was great to see Rupert again. Um, you know, I, I love Tony Head and he's he's such a bastard there with the little one and, you know, throwing it over Rebecca. And 
sometimes when you have daughters and mothers having a tough relationship that can get old to me i really liked this relationship and i liked the mother saying what i'd rather you hate me than not feel anything at all about me um any other things on the funeral tom that you might want to share um i love seeing rupert pack i i think they use him just right i thought it was interesting that he gave the shares back to to get rid of that plot line um and also i want to know what he whispered to nate that is not going to haunt me for some time like it was one step away from doesn't she look tired for those of you back uh doctor who fans yes i think i think you're you're saying that him giving those those shares away um ends that storyline and i don't think that that's true and and i mean if we're if we're going into the realm of wild speculation yes you're only so what what bothers me is this he's a lifelong fan of the club and he he um he's giving these shares away so something something doesn't feel right there the only reason that you would do that, you know, he's not watching football anymore. Nope, I don't buy that. Even with a kid, with his his, there's nothing in his character that we've kind of heard about that would that would imply that the birth of this child would be just the most dominating thing in his life. What I what I'm speculating is is that he has interest in purchasing another club, and so that's what he's whispering to Nate, like, "You're going to be my manager." you're going to be, you're going to join me, something like that. That's what I see happening. Now, whether that happens in 11 or 12, I don't know, but that's what I see coming down. Hmm. I have seen that speculation online that somebody else had that theory. And I think it's a valid theory. Um, But I do agree. That was perfect that, you know, he lets that go. And then, you know, Rebecca was trying to follow her mom's advice about like, you know, act like he doesn't, bother you that's the only way that you're going to get you know to bother him and that was great to see him talking to nate and you go hmm, what was that what's going on what's that um thoughts of rebecca and her mother tom dave either one. Oh, i i thought it was really good um you know because we saw them earlier so you know you knew it was going to come back you didn't think it, i didn't think it was going to come back like this i it felt like a very natural relationship and her mother seems stronger than we thought. Like she seemed very flighty in the, in her first appearance. And you see that's a choice in her part. Like I like how things that she has done have been conscious and people make fun of him, but she doesn't care. Like she doesn't care that she hasn't changed Rebecca's room. You know, she says when she loves somebody, she loves them all the way. You know, like yeah. she doesn't, she doesn't stop. I thought that was, I thought that was really interesting to see someone make internally consistent character choices that don't line up with what Rebecca does, but they're not wrong, necessarily wrong character choices. Yeah. Dave. For me, I want to say that, you know, we've talked about how much trust and faith we put into these writers and we absolutely do, but I have to, I have to say that I'm very, very very upset with them because there's a throwaway line where Ted is talking to them about the one time that he met her dad and he did a dance to make 
Rebecca smile. Well, we know that they didn't, that it had to have been very recent because we yeah. only met her mother recently. So it right. had to be in this really compressed time. And I wish we had seen that. Like yes. I, get, I get that mm -hmm. it's, it's a challenge, but I like yeah. that, that, that there's this one thing that have happened and, and yeah. it just builds the world more, but also it's a shame that we don't get to see that. I, um, I, I tweeted to both of you, uh, Rick Ashley tweeted yeah. how happy he yeah. was and that brought me so much joy. Yeah. Uh, I, I just thought that was great. And, um, very much, uh, you know, uh, four weddings and a funeral. Um, there's a lot of, they, they show their influences on their sleeve and, and they don't, they don't hide their cards, I guess. And, and I love that. So it's very much four weddings and a funeral, <laughs> you know, and having that influence and they talk about how much they love, you know, romantic comedy. So, um, that is a, another favorite movie of mine and to have the, a different kind of sing along at the church and well, that, how that's yeah. love actually too. That is love actually yeah, too. Which yeah. is also Richard Curtis. But. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I agree with you, Tom, that having Ted there for her and, you know, she, you know, it, it was a great moment because she told her mom, I don't know what to say about him. I don't want to speak about him. I, I, I'm so angry at him. I don't have anything good to say. And when you get up there and, you know, and, and the priest had talked about how he was listening to the football game and, you know, the, this, this whole, and for her to do never going to give you up you know, was perfect because they had set that playing the song earlier, mm -hmm. you know, and it was just a perfect kind of comeback. And for Ted to join it and the whole church to kind of do that was, was a really wonderful moment. Yeah. I thought it was just, uh, I thought it was amazing. And I like the Rick Astley through line. I like, like as a creator, it is interesting to think of somebody licensing your work and then using it like that and not realizing that that's what they're going to do yeah you know they they bought the rights to your song and they showed your video and that doesn't mean that they're going to tell you what the episode is and then to see them do that with it that's a, that's got to be pretty awesome for him and it's and it sounded like he's he's truly a fan already so that yes. was you know that that just helped yeah well kind of um we talked about it um where uh, Reba McIntyre was just so thrilled that they used her name, name dropped her. So, right. I mean, everyone loves this, um, you know, the series. Um, I, I thought, as I said, I love seeing the team there. I, I, I loved seeing Sassy and Nora there. And Nora, when she finds out that, and we're going to talk about Rebecca and Sam, but when she finds out, instead of being jealous or upset she's just you know she compliments her with the bold ass bitch you know boss ass <laughs> bitch right she's like yes it's so cool and um, i was tensed up about that when i was like mm -hmm. oh this is where nora's gonna find out yeah. and i'm oh and i was like this just yeah. watching and i was like oh and then they did it that way and i was like oh whew. yeah um so let's talk about rebecca and sam um i mentioned in my notes there is a very heavy double standard um, he is young, younger than her. 
Um, she is an authority figure. She is his technically his boss. And if you switch the sexes around, this would not be as a charming storyline. And that's just the reality of it because we have this double standard. Um, I think part of the reason why this works is the two actors have great chemistry and the two actors are both so likable. Um, you know, I, so I, I don't know if I'm pulling for them together and I will ask you the question, how can Sam become even more wonderful? Uh, we'll start with you, Dave. Yeah, that was the thing that that struck me was when he said, I'm only going to become more wonderful. And I was like, how? I don't get it. That's, yes. that's you know, it doesn't doesn't compute. But yeah, I mean, I. I think if I if I'm if I'm playing faux writer here that that Sam is here to help Rebecca learn that she can be loved and 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 experience that wonder. And I think that Sassy is here to help Ted know that not everything is going to be bad. And and I don't, yeah. but I don't think, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I don't think either of those two go together. And while I, I said it previously, when we had our, our recap about season one, and we talked about, I, I said, you know, I don't want to see Ted and Rebecca together. You know, now I'm like, okay. Yeah, by the end of the series, by the end of series three, season three, I can see that. I can see them writing it that way. But after they've gone through these individual journeys and, uh, and that allows them to grow together. And that doesn't feel as false or as put together to me. And I think I would appreciate seeing that. All right, Tom. Yeah, if they get Sam and Ted together, or if, if they get Rebecca <laughs> and Ted together, if yeah, they get Sam show. and Ted together, yeah. we got a whole different show. And I'm Wait, in on that. You know, they could. I'm in I on that. They, awesome. they, yeah. they definitely have to rearrange some furniture to make that work. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like Rebecca and Sam. Okay. I mean, the, they have chemistry. They're they're a loving couple, but um, and actually, at this point, it's not so much a double standard as a single standard. Mm-hmm. because we're applying what would happen if it was, you know, Rupert and somebody who played for him yeah. uh, to, to Rebecca. Um, there's just so much stuff in the way of this relationship that I don't think it's going to work. Like I can't, I can't see a way through. Whereas I can see a way through with Ted and Sassy, but they're just kind of setting that up as, you know, this isn't going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to, they're front loading it with Rebecca and Sam where there's so much stuff in their way. I can't see how they're going to make it through. Uh-huh. So it just, I don't want to say it feels like it's taking up time because I enjoy the scenes that we see. And I think they're growing the characters and moving them in a direction, especially Rebecca. But at a certain point I'm like, yeah, but it's not going to work. Like I yeah. don't, I don't see how it's going to work. I, I can totally be wrong because the show pulls more rabbits out of hats than anything. Yeah. But it just, it's that dissonance between like, yeah, but this is, this feels wrong, even for as charming and as delightful it is, as it is, that wrongness is going to come back at some point, And I can't not see it when they're together. I really love though, that when they have the reveal at the restaurant, that who it is and he, look, you're hungry, I'm hungry. And then, you know, with the montage, right. They show they're having a good time. 
This mm-hmm. was they had a chemistry together, not just through online, but in person as well. And um, she's, you know, makes the decision to text him, not through the app. And he gives her an address. And when she opens the door, there he is. Very charming, very, uh, very rom-com-ish. Um, I get what you're saying, Tom. It just does not seem like it's going to work. But I do hope maybe that, you know, and I loved her opening of you could really hurt me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could, you're a, the kind of person that could hurt me. And, and I think that's an important part of Rebecca's journey is to learn, you know, we go back to where Roy said, you should not just settle for fine. You deserve everything. And so maybe this is all part of her journey. Mm-hmm. Anything did else? You, did you read the um, description for next week's episode? I have not yet. No. Please. I'm trying to pull it up real fast, okay. but basically um, the implication is, is that, uh, yeah, here's what it says. A billionaire football enthusiast from Ghana makes Sam an unbelievable offer. Mm. That's the first line. And, 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 and then it says Ted plans something special for Dr. Sharon's last day with the team. Okay. But that, that, okay. If, if Sam gets pulled away, goes to a different club. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's something yeah. whether, you know, because it, it could, that's one way to, to quietly conclude that story. Yes. But I, I, I but I, I honestly, I have to think that the way that it was set up, the way that it was done, it, it feels too neat. And I don't think that they're, we haven't seen them do anything okay. like that. We haven't seen them well, just take the easy way out. Yeah. For the most here, part. let me push back. If Sam leaves the team, he's no longer an employee. Yes. That's so true. they can have a relationship because then sure, I just meant, boss. Yeah, yeah. But like, if he's like a, a enthusiast from Ghana, right. So if he yeah. goes to play elsewhere, I'm just thinking right. he's gone. And so, yeah, that takes him sure. off of our, but, but I don't, but for, for, for all that, I don't want the actor to leave. I don't yeah. want mm-hmm. the character to leave. So that tears me because I don't, I don't want that. Absolutely. But, yeah. Um, let's, let's Roy and Keeley. Um, I thought that Roy crowding her and then having Jamie give him advice, which was so strange, right? right was well, he didn't real... know he was giving him advice for a no. relationship. Yeah. But yes, to, to see it come from, from Jamie for sure. Yeah. yeah. Was really nice. Um, I'm, I feel, I feel a little, if I have any issues, it's Roy and Keeley have been so in sync. I, I'm a little, it's it it seemed a little weird that they were during this funeral and everything that they would not be able to sync up again uh that was just a little bit off to me and maybe they were doing this so you could set up so that you know jamie could confess to her whatever right um tom any thoughts on uh our oh couple yeah uh i i thought the the whole funeral thing was pretty brilliant because Roy was still being very much Roy and people are weird about funerals and death yeah, because it's death. Um, So like everybody was in character, but to have Jamie come 
and we've seen him be the better person that he's been trying to be and have that conversation with Keeley. And then for Roy to also be a better person, it like, again, they're not guiding you through that plot. You don't know if she should leave for Jamie or if she should stay with Roy, they're not telegraphing what they want you to think. You're just seeing, Oh, she's now got two really good people interested in her. And that's interesting because there's not necessarily a clear choice because if Jamie is better then he might be a better fit. I mean, I love Roy and I think they're a good fit together and I don't necessarily think that they're going to break those two characters up, but it, you don't have the um, sometimes TV shows will, when they want to break people up, they will give people an artificial like bad thing in their past or bad thing that they do. That's completely out of character. That makes it easier for you to say, Oh, well, I didn't want you to stick around anyway with this. They're both good guys. And she's had chemistry with both of them. And like, I, I don't necessarily want her to break up with Roy, but like, it's not going to feel wrong if she does. You know, one of the things that I want to hear what you had to say, David, but one of the things that I loved about the show Eli Stone is that they had a um, a lover's triangle and um, and I liked everyone on this. In other words, like Natasha Histra, I think I'm trying to think she played Taylor Hinsridge was on one of them. And they they had a lot of different relationships and everyone I liked everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. so I didn't feel like, oh, here's the good person and the bad person. And so I think it's interesting to see Jamie has had a good journey this year. And, and, And I loved his admitting the fact that I didn't just come back to Richmond to play football. I came because I'm a better person with you around. David? Yeah, I mean, going back to kind of what started it with the episode and and Keely and Roy having that discussion, my favorite line is, avenge me, Keely. Like that's, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Um, the no, thing and for I, me is- By the way, I ahead. love that line because it shows that he's not just being a jerk. Like he thinks he's being funny. Because right. that's super funny. Yeah, it is yeah. funny. He's, yeah, he's, he's not just being- being lousy he's he's playing even if she's not playing the same game with him right yeah, yeah and, because, and i didn't he, know about the kid yeah exactly <laughs> i was gonna say i didn't know about the kid okay um for me you know tom you talk about um she has that choice between two good guys but there's the line that sticks with me basically from season one where i i don't think i don't think that that Jamie's the right one for her is when she was like, you know, I was, I was 23 dating a 28 year old or 18 dating a 28 year old. And mm-hmm. now I'm still dating. I'm 28 and I'm still dating a 23 year old or whatever that, whatever the numbers were. And I just, for some reason, I just don't feel like she would go backwards in that way. I feel like it, it's more, I don't want to say appropriate, but just from a, from a person standpoint, from the way that they set it up with, you know, holding it accountable, all that first season stuff was important. And I think that that's still, that's still there. And, and like you said, we've seen the, we've seen the times where, you know, he was a little too clingy and then he 
got help and realized that and he grew and and I just God, I think it would, I think it would, I think it would destroy me if they broke, if they broke them up. I really do. I love them together so much. I think it would destroy me. Yeah. I, I don't think she would right now. I don't think that she would choose to go back to Jamie, but I think we'll see her tempted to go back to Jamie for some reason Yeah, or like, Roy or someone will be a jerk or not available to her. And then she will turn to Jamie and then Roy will see that. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about uh, Beard and Jane. And uh, so Jane is one of the writers, correct? So mm-hmm. you had shared with that. Yeah. Um, I don't dislike the episode. Um, I just, I, I, I don't know if I would want to watch it again. And usually rewatching Ted Lasso makes me very happy. And so I've seen it twice. I watched it. I watched it again with Chris and Linda has not seen it yet. So I will watch it again with her. Um, it's just very different. And I think the Twin Peaks and I guess it's specifically after a Scorsese movie. I, I read somewhere. After hours. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's start with you, Dave. Any thoughts on the episode? When I first watched it, yes, I, I had the same feelings you are. It just wasn't my favorite. Do I dislike it? No, I don't. Um, do I like it? No, nah, not really. And then I started reading some of the discourse online, and then I went back and I watched it, and I've actually watched it three times. And it it's grown on me as I've as I've watched it because I think the the parts that I enjoyed in the first go around, which I thought were few, have been amplified. I love the 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 boys from the bar that in everything that they're in i mean everything that they're in was brilliant and funny and it just got better every time i watched it and to see them at the end end up on the field oh yeah that was perfect one of the things that i read after i watched it the second time before i watched it the third time was uh comparing it to the odyssey mm-hmm. and i was like all right, I'm going to give it with that idea to it. And I watched it and I was like, okay, yeah. So it's the Odyssey and it's this journey. And and I know like there were more, uh, more things that were put into it and, and all of this references and everything that we don't all get. And, I, and I'm sure that our enjoyment of it would be much more enhanced if we yeah. got all of the references, but just, just enjoying those things, particularly the, the moments with the boys, man, I, I really loved it. Yeah, the uh, I want to hear what you say, Tom, but like when he they're asking him, you, you can ask me anything but a football and Chris is like, well, they're going to ask him football and they don't, which mm-hmm. I love that. And then he's like, well, I have thoughts, right? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and then the whole about Vegas one night, you know, by threes too many. Uh, that was really, really interesting. And yes, I love the payoff of them on the pitch seeing there. I mean, it it is where, you know going to old Texas stadium or, you know, sure. or, or, you know, or, you know, playing catch on, you know, the Indians ball field. Right. Mm-hmm. Tom, I mean, just, yeah. uh, yeah, it, they're, they're that magic of that. And that beard thought enough of them that he right. did. That was really nice. Mm-hmm. Tom, Tom. And really Renee is down there at all hours of the night, just waiting for somebody to come I knock guess, on this like, yes, door. Exactly. Like, yes, yeah. This is he so fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It was so perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I love the episode from the moment I watched it. 
Um, I am not smart enough to understand it. Um, there, there's stuff that's going, the, the keys are the super keys. important and I don't know what they mean. Yep. The moon is pretty important and I have, you know, I can probably think my way through that one, but it's one of the, it reminds me of the, the dream sequence episode from Buffy where it felt like, oh, we're going to learn what a lot of this stuff means later. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that Beard, um, they're, the guys when they wrote Pirates of the Caribbean said that Barbosa and Jack are in their own movie and everybody else just kind of comes into it now and again. Okay. Like they're, they're very much playing on their own field. And I like the idea that, that Beard is on his own field and that we don't know which things that happened were real and which things that happened weren't. Like when we saw the the woman in the red dress, I didn't think she was real at first. And then she was. And then like when he shows up in the pants, you know, some of it happened, but I'm relatively certain that the the two sportscasters were not there. Exactly. Um, and I don't think the one can get food at the at the club. That's only for him. Um, and I also think like as opposed to the as opposed to the Christmas episode, which is a great episode, but just stops. Mm-hmm. This kind of has this um, in Fantastic Four, the comic book, when they had the Galactus story, the next issue is this man, this monster, which is the super personal story between the two, uh, between Reed and this guy who's pretending to be the thing. And like you follow up cosmic earth shadowing, shattering with something super personal. And like, I didn't know what they were going to do to follow up that heartbreaking a loss. And if they had not done this episode, I don't think it would have worked as well because this episode kind of became catharsis that more focused me on how weird everything was. And I think I needed to see the, the Benny Hill music played over the um, played over the video because if it would have gone from, and maybe that end tag would have shown up uh, in the end of the episode, if they hadn't done the the beard episode, but if they had gone from the loss to Rebecca's father dying, like I need to see everybody decompress from the loss and yeah. everything that was going on with beard was dealing with a loss that they just went through. So it appears after I watched the episode, I was like, okay, did, was Jane real? Did she see him there? What, you know, are they back together again? And Chris had the same questions. Now, it appears that the answer is yes, because, um, you know, he's <laughs> he's FaceTiming the funeral, which is a little bit weird, mm-hmm. uh, but they seem to be back together again. Um, it is, I do agree with you, all the questions with the boys are great. Uh, but I even like the joke about the the jealous husband you know like oh i need to give you your wallet and your phone back and yes why did he keep dropping his keys i don't know uh but it is and i tell you what um the it is funny watching coach beard dance to you know this rave music Mm -hmm. and losing himself It, it was a um i i do feel like in a lot of ways it was a palate cleanser to get us ready for this next segment of our journey. Any other thoughts about our beard after hours? For me, so two things. The first, so the broadcaster, the one that got the food, Thierry Henry. So if you don't know who he is, he's one of the most famous footballers ever. He okay. was a striker, a goal scorer, and he played um, the majority of his career for Arsenal. And okay. he's considered 
the upper echelon, right? But when I first started watching football, soccer, um, Arsenal was my team. I did it because of Nick Hornby and and anyway, so so I I really love Thierry Henry. And when he showed up, I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And then to see him kicking beard was utterly funny. I loved every moment of that. Um, quick side note on that. So after he played for Arsenal, he played a few years at Barcelona and then he played a few years with the New York Red Bulls. And there were a couple of matches that the Red Bulls played against uh, FC Dallas, where I went to go watch just to go watch Thierry Henry. And so, yeah, so like I said, I just really enjoy him. And then the fact that he's on there and he's kicking beard and he's like, but there's one line in there where he's like, you know, I want to be the one to help him overcome that fear. Like he's, consider suicide yeah. like kill himself i was like yeah. oh my god i want to give him the pep they, talk that yeah, yeah i want to give it. him the pep talk to do it i was like oh my god i can't believe they wrote that for this yeah. like that's like that's really 180 degrees from anything that you would expect and so you know uh i read something from brendan hunt that that for the most part those things were in his mind were in beard's mind throughout that evening okay. and so so that part plays true to me the other thing uh that that I liked was um, the hula hoop. And I read that at one point, Brendan Hunt did a 90 minute stand up routine while doing the hula hoop the entire time of the routine. And I, I would give anything to go back that and see hilarious. that because wow, that, that would scary. be fantastic. I would just yeah. think that that would be the most just surreal. Like why is he up there just hula hooping and telling yeah. jokes? And I can just, understanding that 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 just is a is a chef's kiss of the whole thing right there just yeah. oh, i love it great all right let's talk about nate um he's you know you guys have both we've we talked about this in our earlier episodes that we feel like he's on a journey um and i i'm a little i mean yes he did really well on that game but in and I guess they have tried to show us that Nate has a lot of talent as a coach and has done everything. Um, I, I guess I was just, I, I, I'm much like the nicer Nate than I do the Nate that is mad about them giving a Jersey, you know, with, with the nickname on it. So um, I'll start with you, Tom, what's, what's your feeling about Nate and everything that's going on? I still, I still think they're hiding cards on this one. Um, and I like the, the Rupert scene really gets to me because Rupert didn't really know who he was. And I know he knows he's a coach, but I don't know that he, like, he doesn't know Nate well enough to say something unless he's had interactions with Nate. We don't know about. And it just, it just feels like there is going to be some episode where he gives the speech where everything makes sense. Um, because it feels like this, it feels like this started before we got back into season two, like his dark turn. We haven't seen him make a dark turn. He made it before we came back on. Yeah. Cause you saw it with him saying, aren't there paychecks enough? And I don't know. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like I can, I can draw inferences about how he is with his father and how he's looking for validation. And now he's, like protective of it and is seeking it out in the wrong places and he's behaving the wrong way because of it. But I feel like the show is going to give us a much clearer 
uh, through line for what's going on with Nate. And at this point, like I, like, I feel like it comes at the end because everybody else's story, their catharsis are happening earlier. So okay. it feels like Nate's the one that they're going to, going to leave for the end. But okay. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say two things. The first is two words, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> that's, All right. That's, that's Nate. He's, he's, Anakin Skywalker and and the funny part is is like uh I I I picked up my my kid uh from my ex-wife today and my kid said that uh they got him started watching Ted Lasso they'd never watched it before and they'd gone back and they've watched the first three episodes from season one and my kid is like I'm sitting there and I'm watching Nate and I hate it because I know what he's become and I don't like it. And I love season one, Nate. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I, that that yeah. completely makes sense to me. So, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I just, that there, there have been, there have been comments like this is, this season is the, is the um, Empire Strikes Back of, of seasons. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that's what kind of made me think of Anakin and just this, this turn, this, this whole thing. So you know, if that if that's the case, maybe then season three is the redemption arc. I, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I um I hope so. I, I like that. Um I I did love seeing how big of a jerk Jamie's father was and the whole, you know, Leslie saying, Hey, he's your father, he's a VIP and getting him great seats and so Chris puts everything in terms of, you know, NFL. He's like, you, your, your son's playing for the Eagles and you show up in a Cowboy jersey. He says, I grew up loving the Cowboys, but if my kid's playing for the Eagles, I'm wearing an Eagles jersey, right? right? And, and just to have that, um, it just really bothered him. And to have Roy um, embrace him it was just it was a really nice moment because you know their history Mm -hmm. i just thought that was really nice dave yeah that that you're right that entire that entire locker room scene was so tense um from from him him coming in him his dad coming in and running down the team and jamie telling him not to and then slugging him and then beard tossing him out and then roy knowing in that moment that that's that that's what he needed to do i mean you don't get that like when you go back and you see the first or second episode of this season where he was like i think he's a little bitch and i hope he does you know the curable disease of being a little bitch and then now to go and give him that hug man just that that slayed me for sure Mm -hmm. yeah I, i love the payoff i thought his father was a little too evil in the uh locker room like I, I could see him going after his son, going after everybody, just like I, I feel like a guy like that who's clearly been in street fights, as we saw the next episode, yeah, could do the math well enough to realize where he was. And like him yelling at his son, like it was too you see that like but, it was too public. I, the only thing about that though is that he's obviously a Man City supporter and I can I definitely see a hooligan even having no fear going into some going into some locker room and saying that and and he very much comes across that way for sure. And I felt like he was a little bit 
not a little bit. He was very drunk. So yeah. maybe mm-hmm. that was my excuse. But no, I, I get that, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like I could see him having collateral damage with everybody in the room. Yeah. But it needed to be more like he his rage wasn't entirely focused on Jamie. Yeah. And like I needed I needed the rage to be focused on Jamie and everybody else to take collateral damage from it. But it felt like he was aiming at them as well in a way that just felt off. And also like we all talk about how evil Rupert is, but like for him, for Jamie's father to show up as the, with his gang to beat up coach beard. Like, I don't know if that actually happened because, because of the night it was, but that was, that was the one scene that was like so coincidental that I have trouble believing it happened, but I also kind of believe it happened because he got beat up. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw him get beat up. We saw that he was beat up when he goes in in the morning where it was just, yeah, you know, it was, it was one step away from having Darth Vader show up at the, you know, breathing coming on to Luke Skywalker and Bespin. It was just, you know, too evil almost. Yeah. Uh, Anything else we haven't covered? Yeah. There's something I, I was thinking of that I wanted to touch on and we haven't given any, any consideration tonight to phoebe and roy and one of the things we'll talk about favorite lines effing glitter just (laughs) i laughed so hard at that and and roy's delivery of the line or brett goldstein's delivery of the line f me i mean it was just the whole thing that entire (laughs) thing with him going to the school and then can i can we have ice cream (laughs) <laughs> I mean the whole thing and then the exchange between them in the car where he says he's not you know a good influence and and she oh god that all of that was so good so good and I loved every moment of that and I just wanted to, to touch on that part right there no I am so glad you did because mm-hmm. he, I agree it was um you know, I've, I've told this story before, not on this podcast, though. I worked for a company and we had a VP uh, named Mike Myers, um, who was, he, he talked about he was a sailor and from a German um, background, and he cursed just all the time. And so he was on a meeting, and after the meeting, someone came to him and said, Mr. Myers, do you have a couple of minutes? He goes, sure. What's going on? Like, well, I really don't think someone as a VP in your company should be using language like you do. And he goes, well, did my language offend you? And she goes, it did. And he says, well, then why the F didn't you say something? <laughs> Except he didn't say F. <laughs> Roy is my ex-VP, right? Yeah. Like Roy has no thought about that. If I could, it's, it's encouraged. And the idea that this innocent look like me, oh, right. I can't be the influence. Yeah. And then, and then, and, and as Chris talked about it, you notice they did get ice cream anyway. Oh, Even yeah. after oh, he yeah. told her, yeah, there's oh, no yeah. way his niece, he's not going to get her ice cream. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love all the stuff with Roy. He's such a well-layered character. I love the relationship with him and Phoebe. It's one of the, the bright spots of the show. Uh, as someone with two god kids that I love desperately, um, yeah, there's a there's a through line there that really resonates with me. Speaking of when that when all of that was happening, 
that was that was the episode dr sharon is in the hospital and phoebe's mom is in the works at the hospital come on was one of those people is that brett's sister one of the or, or, or roy kent's sister like I just feel like that that would have been the thing or, or is going to be a thing. I, I, I don't know why it wasn't pushed through right there, but that's what I see. Right. The other thing I loved, and I, I don't have the lyric, I don't have the dialogue in front of me, but uh, Phoebe called someone out. Right. And Roy like, is he? And they're like, well, yeah, yeah. but that's besides the point, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you're right. uh, You know, Dave, when she's, like effing glitter you know like she yeah. just, you know like it's everywhere brilliant. it's just absolutely brilliant was, and so if so if if keely and roy do end up breaking up keely's got to go for the teacher because that's i mean roy's got to go for the teacher because that's just yeah also yeah, great that is just really really nice yeah um what else did i forget to ask about anything else that we need to cover no i think okay. his favorite lines yeah yeah favorite yeah. lines you want to start, Tom? Absolutely, because I'm going to steal it from y'all. Avenge me! <laughs> and it's it's such a great line because it's it's so funny, but it's also in character for Roy, and it's the kind of thing people say to each other. Yes, good. Effing glitter. Effing glitter. Effing glitter. I, <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. I love the play. The Roy is sorry for not understanding Keeley playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And I could not. Um, I love the 20 questions and they get it at the second question, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I, I have to clean this up for the podcast, right? But the problem with Sam is, is his penis too big for your tiny vagina? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> I love Keely, Sassy, and Rebecca's this. And then, oh, the priest sassy being mad tearing, at him yeah sa- sassy tearing apart rupert yes like i i will i'm going to wear red to your funeral yes. i will be the bright light of joy to the three people that show up yeah <laughs> f just, off and die rupert god that was so good and then, then just the whole um you know the priest like keep it down and they just couldn't i mean they were just oh. laughing and laughing laughing it was like any other lines you guys want to share all right uh david if someone wants to reach you how can they i am on instagram and on twitter at blind nello all right and tom you have a kickstarter starting I have a kickstarter yeah yes. starting on tuesday so yeah. uh i'm at tom zoller on twitter and instagram and if you follow me on twitter i will doubtlessly mention it um you can also find me on kickstarter and there's a pre-release page for doing a print version of love and capes in the time of covid very nice and i am at jesse jackson dfw as we're recording this it's toward the end of september this will come out in the next couple of days uh we are um i just finished up my september um anniversary month of six years of set lusting bruce and so very excited about coming up and so I appreciate it. We will be back in a couple of weeks to uh, we'll probably might wait till just the end of the season and do a wrap up. Um, any predictions you guys want to give for where the season's going? Tom, start with you. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to cry at the end. <laughs> David. Yeah. Like I said, I, I Rupert comes back, buys another team, takes Nate, 
Sam ends up going to somewhere else, some other team. This starts to be the 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 explosion or implosion of this group, yeah. and then we see how they grow from there. I don't know. Do um, and I guess they all got big pay raises for season three. Um, do you think they'll fall to pressure and and try to do a season four, or do you think they will kind of hey, we're going to get while the getting's good. This is we're we're really proud of the work because it, it seems like everyone loves this world. The creative people love being in this world. If I had to put money on it, I would say that it would end at three only because I think Jason Sudeikis wants that. I think he knew exactly what he wanted from the beginning, and I just don't know that he would he would succumb to having just the money be the the the. the the deciding factor if there was something else they wanted to continue on if there was a story they wanted to continue then maybe but i don't think it's just going to be because of the success and the potential money i just don't um uh bill lawrence is the guy who when they asked why he did scrubs medical school said it's really hard to say no i don't want to employ 200 people so i think they're going to think about that but they're doing it early enough like i don't i don't think it'll run for a long time I think what they will either do is figure out how to make season three into two years or figure out how to lay the groundwork for like a real natural spinoff. Cause I, I think these characters, I think the actors and writers like each other, given the fact that so many are both writers and actors. Yeah. I think they, they all get along. They also realize they have lightning in a bottle and there's a point where you don't want to stay at the party too long. Right. But it's it's the kind of thing where I think it will be a creative decision. If they can figure out a way to get one more year out of it and still do what they were trying to do, I think they'll do it. They're not going to do it just for the money, but they're not going to say no just because they had a plan in place. I think they'll look at it honestly to well, make I think, that decision. To your point, I think that's that's exactly correct. If they can find a way to continue stories about AFC Richmond without Ted Lasso, but have that same heart, that same core group of characters yeah and whoever else they could bring in i could absolutely see that continuing on and that would allow sudeikis to step back if he really wants to stay with his family etc and and bill lawrence can run that writer's room and and brett goldstein can continue on and whoever else wanted to as well because i'm in they've they've got me for sure and and as i think lawrence is the one that tweeted or who someone tweeted that Apple told us in advance it's 12 episodes this time like yes. we, yeah, yeah so they <laughs> yeah. which I think is funny that's good all right uh listeners thank you so much for listening go get vaccinated go um please be good to each other check out Tom's uh kickstarter and we will talk to you in a couple weeks goodbye see ya going to say goodbye never going to tell a lie and hurt you never gonna give you up never gonna let you down never gonna run around search you never gonna make you cry never gonna say goodbye never gonna tell a lie and hurt you never gonna give never gonna give give you up Gonna give, never gonna give. Give you up. Thank you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.